and welcome to another episode of Bod Talk with MazerFit. You're here with Christian and Nikki Mazer, and we are very excited about our episode tonight. We um, are covering a really interesting topic with a good friend of Christian's, and we are very excited to dive into that. As always, we will um, put up both our Instagram handles so you can follow both of us. And if you have any questions about the content of the episode, um, if you're interested in any of the products that are going to be mentioned, you can feel free to direct message either of us and we will get back to you. Well, guys, this is a pleasure for me to get to meet with one of my friends that goes way back to about 18 years ago. We first met at Cooper. Um, we both were doing personal training. Shane was Shane Friels here. Um, say hi, Shane. Hey, guys, what's going on? So Shane and I, Shane is like an extraordinary trainer. He's also done bodybuilding. He's done everything. He's an entrepreneur, um, avid, avid um, hunter, fisherman, outdoorsman, anything you can do that, that's with a boat, he's out there doing. Um, you know, he lives that, that, that fun, loving life at 45. I mean, he's in amazing shape. We want to find out a little bit more about how does he stay in shape? and pick his brain on some of his expertise, which are ketosis, and we're going to talk a little bit more about intermittent fasting. So Shane, thank you for being here. We're excited to talk to you about this. Um, good to see you. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. I'm super excited to uh, do this call with you guys. Um, super excited for you guys because you guys have become newly found parents, and uh, I am a parent four times over, but mine are a little bit older. I have a 20-year-old. <laughs> I have a 17-year-old. I have a 15, about to be 16 next week, and a 14-year-old. So uh, needless to say, we are on the same playing ground. I'm just yeah. a little bit ahead. And three of them are girls, right? Yes. Yeah, I have three yeah. girls. Yes, so, I do. So you're in trouble. <laughs> nope, not in trouble yet. I've actually been very, very solid with my girls. My girls, dad, daddy works out, so I keep a lot of boys. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, I know you guys, it, I mean, when following you on social media, it looks like you guys have an awesome time getting out there and you do spend a lot of quality time with the kids. Um, it's always been fun to watch. And, you know, just keeping up with them is amazing because, you know, four kids I don't know I can't just one is is enough right now I know we're going to grow into that but um, you tell us a little bit more about how you do that how you stay in shape and keep up with it you know I think Christian it's, it's been a passion of mine uh, honestly I've been a, a competitive athlete since I was a kid um, and you know I went to college on a football scholarship I, I love competing and after college I was actually a pre-med student, so I actually got accepted to dental school. I was going to be a dentist like my dad. Uh, we had an unfortunate accident, and he passed away, so I actually chose a different career path and went into health and wellness and fitness, uh, got a minor in biology with a major in exercise physiology, and it's been, you know, I, and honestly, it's been a dream come true because uh, I love helping people, and and that's ultimately what this is about. I've been a professional in this industry for going on nearly 25 years. Hard to say that, to be honest with you, because <laughs> I don't feel like it. But um, I've also been very fortunate, very blessed uh, to have a career in this industry and be very successful at it. 
because of my passion and my education and my desire to help people and really just to learn how to make healthy choices. I, I gained, honestly, it's like I never used the D-I-E-T word, the diet word, mm-hmm. um, because I'm about developing a lifestyle. I'm about developing um, flexibility. I think that's what it really is about uh, because I'm not a find a one way to do it all kind of guy when it comes to working out or eating. I, I think that we all have to have flexibility in life. Uh, and that's ultimately where my experience, uh, my education, uh, and my passion has really been driven lately about, you know, understanding more about ketones, ketosis, ketogenic, uh, intermittent fasting, and, and really what it can do for the human anatomy and, and how we're all honestly fighting the aging clock, right? I mean, we all are fighting this thing called time that we ultimately do not get back. It is time is the one thing that is forever slipping through our fingers. And we continue to just sit there and think about, okay, how can I slow the aging clock now? Well, the, one of the best ways to do it is obviously take care of yourself from a nutritional standpoint and from a workout standpoint, uh, but just having a healthy lifestyle. And, and that's what I'm excited about, you know, really to talk with you guys about tonight is because there's so much information out there. Uh, but there's no one way to do everything, I believe. I think that everybody has to find a path that really fits their lifestyle, uh, that gives them something to be excited about, uh, and then doesn't feel hard. I think that ultimately is where I've seen, and you guys have obviously seen it being in the fitness industry, uh, people ultimately are just looking for three simple things in life. They want to be uh, effective with shortness of time. <laughs> they want it to be quick. Um they want it to be uh, without injury or stress, right? Most of the time, they don't want to hurt too much or they don't want to have to stress themselves too much. Mm-hmm. And, and ultimately, they want it to be fun. They just kind of do. They want it to be a little bit fun uh, and not have it be mm, too serious, I guess, all the time. Uh, but that's ultimately where people are just looking for a way to implement something into their lifestyle that can go anywhere at any time. I think that's the other big thing that you and I have seen in this industry. Um, We can give you the best workout. We can give you the best meal plan. uh, But if it's not something you're going to stick to and that you want to do every day or at least every other day, then we got to figure that out from a standpoint of what does apply to your life and this something that you're excited about. So I'll I'll let you shoot off the questions, man. So Well, getting to that, let's tie that in. So you're talking about a lifestyle and this lifestyle, a lot of people think, oh no, that's a lot of discipline, that big D word, you know, and they're like, ah, discipline. I don't have that discipline. And, you know, that's why I hire somebody like Shane or Christian or Nikki or any other trainer to to help provide that level of discipline, accountability, um, and ease so they don't have to think about it. So um, the lifestyle though, uh, what you're living, you put exercise in there, your diet, you don't like to use that term. So I would like to train, uh, trend down that path of how do you stay on your fit? I mean, you look like you're, you're pretty lean right now. Your body fat's low, but you've got the muscles are, are popping out. Is that, do you eat a ton of protein? Are you, are you currently in ketosis? You know, let's go down that path. Um, and let's start with the first thing. What is ketosis? Uh, can you explain that to us a little bit better? 
Yeah, and I think it's, we'll even go back to ketogenic, right? Let's even go back to the big word ketogenic and now let's break down ketogenic. Ketogenic is basically your body and your lifestyle of cutting out carbohydrates and sugars, right? Sugars are a form of carbohydrate. There's complex carbohydrates and there's simple carbohydrates, right? Simple carbohydrates are your sugars. Complex carbohydrates are what we would call your healthy carbohydrates. Well, ketogenic means really minimal carbohydrates and it's only down to like 30 to 40 to 50 grams of complex carbohydrates, literally no simple carbohydrates whatsoever. Okay. Uh, and ultimately what it's about when you look at ketogenic is now breaking it down into two different terminologies. You have ketogenesis and ketosis. Now in the past, ketogenesis and ketosis were synonymous with each other. You couldn't be in ketosis without being in ketogenesis. Well, we're going to get into a little bit more discussion later on, but we can actually be in ketosis now without being in ketogenesis. And we'll explain how that works. But ketogenesis means that your body is actually going through a process of metabolizing fat to produce a new energy fuel source. Because you have cut out carbohydrates completely, that is, there are two fuel sources. Let me explain this. There are two fuel sources your body can run off of, and only two. It's called glucose and ketones. That's it. There is nothing else your body can run off of. So if you're eating carbohydrates, you're fueling your body with, i.e., glucose. If we cut out carbohydrates and we have to now go through this metabolic shift, right, and we call it a valley because it truly is depleting a fuel source completely out of the body, glucose, before the body starts metabolizing fat, and then creating a new fuel source that's like going to a 14er, right? What does a 14er mean? Well, that means you're climbing to a 14,000 peak and it's high mm -hmm. because glucose is like getting to 9,000. Right. When you metabolize fat and you create this new fuel source called ketones, that changes the complete makeup of the human anatomy and how the body starts functioning. Ultimately, here's the really cool part, is that we all started out in ketosis in the first beginning stages of life. Because as babies, for the first six to nine months of life, if you were breastfed, you actually were living in ketosis, in ketogenesis. Your body was running solely on ketones. Why? Because there's a lot of different anatomy parts that are still dependent upon high fuel, what I call rocket fuel. Ketones are rocket fuel. One, because they increase blood flow to the brain. And two, because they increase oxygen in the blood. Now, what does increased blood flow to the brain do? What does increased oxygen in the blood do? Well, if you think about it, everything starts up in the brain. And so if I can increase blood flow to the brain, if I can increase oxygen to the brain, then that just means that my body has the ability to start functioning and really continue to function at a very high level, especially as babies are growing in that first six to nine months of life. One of the major anatomy organs that is really still developing is the brain. So it's a massive, massive benefit for those babies to be in ketosis. It only changes once the baby has been introduced to processed baby foods, processed foods, Anything that starts to introduce a carbohydrate, it starts metabolizing and using as a glucose, a what we call a quick fuel source over 
ketones. The body doesn't need to go create its own fuel source because now it's getting glucose. So it actually jumps out of ketogenesis. So to kind of give it back on the story of ketogenesis and ketosis, ketogenesis is metabolizing fat to put you into a state of ketosis. Ketosis means you have ketones in your blood, a medically elevated level of ketones in your blood. So we are all sitting at about, if we were to do a blood test, right? We can actually test our blood and we can actually find out how many ketones or how much ketones we have in our blood and how much glucose we have in our blood. And if you want to know what the average general human being is running on right now, as far as ketones, it's going to be bare minimal. It's going to be on a blood level scale of like 0.1 to 0.2 millimoles. That's how they measure ketones. And what that means is that's just a, a, a like a trace, like a minimal trace of ketones popping up in your blood. Your body can't really start what I call utilizing and making sure that it's like the premier fuel source till you're at 0.8. You have to be at 0.8 millimoles of ketones in your blood for your body to really start uptaking and making it the primary fuel source. So it's very important for people to understand what ketones are doing for you, why they're important for you, and the purpose of what we're going into really wanting to be in ketogenesis, to be in that fat-burning mode. It's not just fat-burning for weight loss. It's actually fat-burning to create a whole new fuel source. Right. So with that fuel, fuel source, how do you, in your past um, training for especially bodybuilding, when you're doing your shows, how did you get into ketosis so quickly or how long does it take for you to get into ketosis? You know, that's a great, that's a great question because I, at 37 years old, I was playing indoor soccer in a, in a men's adult soccer league. And I'm, again, I was always active, always trying to stay fit. I had never done anything like bodybuilding, nor did I even want to, uh, because I've been a natural athlete my entire life. I've never taken a foreign drug of any kind. I've never taken a steroid of any kind. I've always been clean and natural. So when I blew out my ACL playing indoor soccer, it changed my world. And all of a sudden I went from being very active and fit to then having to sit and do rehab all the time. Hmm. Well, I thought if I'm going to be sitting and doing rehab, I wonder if there's a natural bodybuilding show I could actually get involved in and try to work towards having something to do if I'm going to be in isolated kind of functioning movements so I looked up and found a natural bodybuilding show that was about nine months post-surgery. Um, and I thought, okay, I'm going to make a run for this and see what I can do. And let me tell you, the last six weeks up into my show, I had to cut out carbohydrates to where I was living down to like 20 grams of carbohydrates. I was eating egg whites three times a day. I was eating spinach. I was eating tilapia two or three times a day. I mean, it was like, it was as bland of a meal plan as you could get. It was no, pro I mean, there was just protein and some veggies. I mean, it was asparagus. It was like, dude, it was. Discipline. I didn't, what's that? Discipline. No, straight, straight up discipline. Straight up discipline. 20, I mean, it was 24 seven, man. Right. Crazy. 24 seven. But again, I had a goal in mind. Right. I mean, the goal is you've got to be as lean as you can be. So for me to do that and to have that experience that last six weeks, 
I got crazy lean. I've never, I mean, I'm a normal 200 pound guy, right? I got down to one, I had to get on stage at 176. 176, I weighed 176 pounds when I was a freshman in high school. <laughs> this was insane for me to try to lose that much weight and get that lean. But that was the weight category that I was going into. So I was like, holy goodness, praise Jesus. <laughs> I mean, I got to have some mental mind help to get there because it was hard. And I, I say hard for a couple different reasons. One, I lost about 30 to 40% of my strength. I mean, I just did because I had zero pump in the gym. I mean, I was tired. I was lethargic. I was pounding protein as much as I could, but it just never gave me the, the energy that I was hoping I would get. Um, I just felt weak. But I, when I say I lost my pump, like my muscle bellies, I mean, the muscle in my arm, it was like, I felt like I just, it didn't matter how many curls or how many chest press or whatever. It's like, there was no veins. There was no, it was just weird. It was weird to go that last six weeks and, and to do it naturally was really hard. Right. I mean, that's why 95, 96% of the people that do bodybuilding don't do it naturally. They do it with a foreign substance because it's just, it's hard. It's hard to do it naturally. It just is. So, but I was willing to do it because I don't want to put a foreign substance in my body. And so all that to be said, I go do the show and I win. And I won Texas, I won the Texas State Natural. And and I did very, very well. And That's I qualified awesome. for nationals. So the following year I went on to compete at nationals and I got sixth place at nationals. And then I was going to do another show and I ended up tearing my bicep tendon. Um, and I can tell you a whole backstory about why that happened. I know exactly why it happened, but it was just a, it happened. So then I had to recover from tearing my bicep tendon. Hmm. I come back from that and then I do another show uh, in 2015. So my first show was 2013. Second show was 2014. Next show was 2015. I skipped 2016 and then I do another show in 2017. Now, 2017 show was completely different because I actually got to use something, um, and I'm not a big supplement guy, but I used a supplement that changed everything for me. And, and we can get further into that conversation later on, but I can just tell you it was all based around ketones, ketosis, and, and what I experienced and what I really got to be educated on. Because if anybody ever asked me to do the ketogenic, they would always say, Shane, what do you think about me doing the ketogenic diet? You think I should do the ketogenic diet? I was like, no. I was like, no, I don't want you to ever feel like you have to cut something completely out of your meal plan. I just don't. I want yeah. people. It's too hard for people like right. I mean, because yeah. it was challenging for you and you'd grown up an athlete working on, you know, going into college uh, sports and that discipline was driven into you and it still was challenging for you. So I'm like that, and I'm like that, Shane, because I was actually preparing for a bikini before a pandemic happened, and show I, yeah, and <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's funny you said that because I was planning on competing four and days after my 45th birthday. I was going to compete. I was getting ready to do a show. I was going to do a show April 25th. Four days after turning 45, I was going to do a show, and right before the pandemic hit. So I mean. We were both on that path of yeah. you know, pushing ourselves, testing ourselves, getting very disciplined and very strict. Super disciplined. But, but to your point, um, 
I, I'm really disciplined already with everything that I do. Christian can speak to that and he makes fun of me for that. But, um, what I was eating, like I just wasn't used to that diet and having to overcome that curve and then to keep going, it put me in this weird state of mind where I, I felt like I was just becoming a robot, like eating was a job and it wasn't in like, and I'm still coming out of that. Like to me, I'm having a hard time finding joy in food because I'm just like, eh, it's just fuel. Like I'll just eat bland, boring, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah. <laughs> well, I think you said the word there, Nikki. Honestly, you really did. And I'm, I'm so glad you said it. Because here's the one thing that I want people to realize, and I always tell people, and I try to educate people around this conversation, is that food is just fuel. That's all it is. Food is fuel. But now, what have we done as a society? We have created fuel as, I mean, we have created food as a what? An emotional? Oh, yes. Right? Correct. An emotional support tool. Mm-hmm. Correct. That's what it has become. Because we've also created food to be habitual, right? It's breakfast, it's lunch, it's right. dinner. Right. Like you eat because it's eight o'clock, it's before yeah, it's seven o'clock. It's, I gotta eat breakfast before I go to work, I gotta have lunch, I gotta eat dinner, right? It's habitual. So we're either emotionally eating or we are habitually eating. Or we have a complete understanding of what you just said, and we only eat because it's fuel. But 99% of the people in the world eat because of the first two things. Mm-hmm. They're either emotionally connected to fuel, or they're habitually connected to fuel. I mean, food. Sorry, food, food. And then we have a 1% that is growing. I would say, honestly, this conversation has grown so much in the last four years but we now would say have shifted that curve. I would say there's probably five to 10% of the people in the world that now eat because it's, they eat food because it's only fuel. They don't eat because they're emotionally tied to it. They don't eat because they're habitually tied to it. They eat because it is a fuel source and that's how they have what I call, and this is the biggest terminology I've been sharing with a lot of people lately. They have a healthy relationship with food. Mm-hmm. That's all ultimately what it comes down to. They have a healthy relationship with food. And I tell people, I have a healthy relationship with food. What does that mean? Well, that means that I, I'm not so robotic unless I have a specific goal, right? If you have a specific goal for like doing a bikini competition, doing a bodybuilding competition, you have to be robotic. That is a process of a job to accomplish an end goal. Mm -hmm. The ultimate idea here is to give the general population the opportunity to understand what a healthy relationship with food is like. So do I completely cut out carbohydrates all the time? No, I don't. Will I eat a cookie? Absolutely. Will I have ice cream? Absolutely. But I don't binge eat it and I don't have an addiction to it. And I know it's strictly as a, just a, I want to have a cookie. I'm okay with having a cookie and not worrying about what it's doing to my body or worrying about what's going to be the outcome from it or thinking, I need another cookie. I need another cookie. I need another cookie. Right. It's just a, it's a treat. I have a healthy relationship with it. And I know that it's sugar, which we can go into a whole conversation around sugars, but it's the matter of fact that when we say healthy relationship, it means that you're not, 
addicted or that you're not craving it all the time. It means you use it when needed and you enjoy life when needed, which if you're going to go to a birthday party, if you're going to go to a celebration, if you're going to go, like we all have a choice. We all have a choice. And those choices are, I can eat a hamburger and French fries and a Coke and I'm going to feel like dog do at the end of the day because I ate it. Or I can go get a grilled chicken salad and drink a water because every restaurant has bottled water that you can buy. And every, most restaurants have some kind of veggie salad mixed with protein that you can get for the most part. Right. So you all have a choice. And that's ultimately what this comes down to in life is we all have choices. I want to make sure that people have education around why they're choosing what they're choosing mm -hmm. and to help them make better choices and have it be sustainable as a lifestyle and not beat themselves up that if they're following a diet, well, they just broke the diet and like, well, it's over. I blew it up. I might as well quit. I can't do it. Right. I mean, whatever. I can go off my diet for like now for the next week and then I'll get back to it. And you know, know right? I've had, I've actually gotten over my <laughs> cravings. Yeah. But, right. Um, I want to go down the, the path of, um, what are the risks? And before we go down that, um, that rabbit hole, I have a client who I kept saying to him, Hey, you know, I want you to eat similar to what you were saying with the veggies, some lean protein. Um, it's okay to have some fruit, just don't overindulge in fruit. And he says, no, I got to get into ketosis. You notice I don't understand. And so he literally would go three to four times, maybe more times a week, he said that his morning breakfast was an Egg McMuffin, scratch the bun. So he just basically go get a patty of meat <laughs> and a little nasty egg that they make there, put it on top, and he throws the, the, the carbs away and he eats that. And he says, hey, this is how I'm going to get lean and get into my ketosis because I got to eat fats and proteins. So let's kind of go down that direction where we talk about how some people find that when they're trying to reach this ketosis, they, they overindulge and say bacon. I'm going to go down the bacon. I got to have bacon every single day. Or <laughs> you know what? You know, they said that I want a, I want a porterhouse steak because it has more fat in it. You know, and so how can we educate our listeners or viewers on how to make a better decision while trying to pursue a ketosis route um, and let's also talk about, are there any risks associated with having these ketone bodies flowing freely through our blood while we get into that state? So tell me a little bit about your thoughts on people that go overboard and say, Hey, I'm going to go down this path of fat and, and protein. Okay. So I'm going to start with the first, uh, the, the first word that you used was risk, right? Risk around ketosis, ketones. And there is honestly zero risk. There is zero risk for your body to be having ketones flowing around in the, in the human blood because it is actually thriving in a state of ketosis. And, and we can prove how your body actually is going to optimize itself at a level that you've never honestly ever experienced until you've been in that state of ketosis. And the reason why I can say that so confidently is because 
ketones have been proven in so many different avenues of medical journals and research and articles and specifically even coming out more over the last four years because of technology research and science um, things are available now that allow you to be in ketosis and that make ketone bodies more readily available than we've ever seen and and seeing the, the bodies seeing the human anatomy thrive in this state has zero risk i would honestly say the only risk if there's if there's only one concern i would even call it a concern the only population that has to be concerned around ketones and ketosis is type one diabetics. Type one diabetics are the only people that cannot get rid of excess ketones. So when you're using the word risk or what would be the, the contraindication of this, it's a certain population, type one diabetics are the only ones that cannot get rid of excess ketone bodies in their blood. Hmm. What does that mean? That then brings up this terminology called ketoacidosis. See, ketoacidosis means there's such a high level concentration of ketones in the blood. It can actually be a reverse at, at a reverse effect on the human anatomy and actually can start causing damage. But that's only for type 1 diabetics. Guess what? You and I and everybody else that's not type 1, if we have any excess amount of ketones, guess what we do? Urinate. We breathe it out, breathe it out or we urinate it out. That's how excess ketones are dealt with in the human anatomy across 99% of the population. So all that to be said, but even for a type one diabetic to have an, an elevated level of ketones, like they gotta be doing some crazy no carb, which they gotta be regulating blood sugars and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, there would just have to be a lot of factors in play for ketoacidosis for even that, for that even to come into, to be an effect as a possibility. Uh, for those individuals so now that we kind of covered that it's great for 99 percent of the population except for the type 1 diabetics it just have to be leery or watching it they're already watching their blood glucose levels anyways and the fact that you can test your ketone levels as well uh through your own home test models mm -hmm. um that that is always you know what i call a safe parameter to really even for type 1 we've even seen type 1 diabetics that have done very well with using ketones uh, as a primary fuel source as long as those levels are maintained and in control at the same time. Um, one of the things that, you know, the next question I would say we want to jump into is really understanding about why do we want to be in ketosis? What is the purpose of it? Why do we want to do the ketogenic diet? And, and you said a really good terminology that I want to, I want to help people understand. People say ketogenic means that they get to have a free reign on bacon, <laughs> avocado, fat, 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 steak, 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 steak. Right? <laughs> and it's just, it, it, it like it, all of a sudden, when you understand the terminology of what that means, like here's what ketogenic is really based off of, right? Ketogenic is based off the fact that your body thrives by metabolizing fat, okay? Because it produces a ketone molecule. If you biohack it, how many people have heard of this word, this word biohacking? Mm -hmm. Biohacking is tricking the body. So if I wanna do a ketogenic meal plan, a ketogenic lifestyle to burn fat, why would I wanna go eat a bunch of fat? Well, here's the terminology, here's the reasoning behind it. Here's the thinking behind it.
fat is two and a half times the calorie per gram compared to a protein or a carbohydrate. So one gram of a protein and one gram of a carbohydrate gives off a certain amount of caloric value. One gram of a fat is two and a half times the calorie value. So what's gonna fill you up more? One gram of fat or one gram of protein or carbohydrate, right? Normally the carbohydrate is gonna be the one that fill you up more because in my bodybuilding world, when I was only eating protein, and majority protein, and then having minimal veggies, which then metabolize themselves into a complex carbohydrate. I was starving all the time. I just always felt hungry. I never felt like I had enough. If I got to eat a whole egg, a whole egg is like 60% fat. It's like 60% fat and 40% protein. The whole egg changed my world because I was so lean. I didn't have a whole lot of fat on my body for my body to start metabolizing to produce its own ketones. So the minute I got to eat fat, my body used that fat and metabolized it and started producing ketones, but it also gave me a satiated feeling because I just got two and a half times the calories per gram of what I was eating before. Mm -hmm. Now, that was necessary for me to eat some fat because I was so low in body fat. If you want to do a ketogenic lifestyle to learn how to burn fat and to get into a reduction of weight or whatever that may be, I always encourage people, don't go start eating a bunch of fat because it's simple math that you guys know. It's calories in versus calories out. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, I can eat. Yeah, it still doesn't change for some reason. <laughs> I don't know what math, you know, how, uh, how, you know, how proven math is, but I think it's pretty proven. Like, I mean, a number and a number, it's like, if I eat so much, I have to burn so much in order for, you know, the scale to tip one way or the other, I can either gain weight or lose weight. Um, and, and that's literally where I've tried to help so many people understand about what being in a state of ketogenesis is all about being in a state of ketosis, why we want to do keto um is not to allow you to just start eating a bunch of fat bacon avocado all those things will satiate you longer right you can have a little bit of it there's nothing wrong with having a little bit of it, but it doesn't mean you just go, get to go eat half a pound of bacon or a whole avocado right if you want to understand because there's going to be protein mixed in with that plus some other things so you're still getting calories from other places and people don't realize that you're actually bumping your calories up even higher than what they were, you know, even eating not that great, believe it or not. So here's the caution that I give people around doing a ketogenic lifestyle. Um, and, it's, and it's one thing that is proven time and time again. People get to the point where they're eating so much fat and not enough protein that you lose out on a lot of the minerals and a lot of the essential vitamins that your body needs to function on a daily regimen. And what happens from that is it shows up as hair loss. It shows up as brittle nails. It shows up as different anatomy things that are changing because the body's not getting nutrients. See, fat doesn't have nutrients. Fat is just fat. It just ultimately is. Now, energy. you're eating, what's that? It's energy. It's stored energy. Yeah. It's stored energy. That's exactly what it is. But now here's what is now bacon is what 
protein and fat, right? But an avocado is just fat. So a whole egg, protein and fat. So those would be the sources of fat that I would say you have to moderate, you have to control because it's giving you the ability to have some nutrients, some vitamins, some minerals, and still give you a fat content and still give you a protein content. See, I move people more towards having 60% protein, 30% fat, and 10% carbs is the way I move people towards trying to understand how to go into keto to get themselves into a natural state of ketosis, especially if they're looking at it from a weight loss standpoint. Uh, is this making sense when we're kind of, you know, well, the first thing I thought of when you started talking about this, Shane, was going back, you know, historical perspective to our ancestors when they just ate nuts and seeds and they were very, it was very seldom that they were not coming by, you know, animal protein. And so, you know, I think we've, with our, food production and our ability to feed more people now we have you know that's easier for us to produce those types of foods and people kind of get off track well and, and you make a very good point that i think we should you know kind of introduce this conversation of this discussion as well but back in our ancestry days back when we were hunter gatherers right we when we did have an animal that we were able to kill and actually use for survival we used every part of that animal, right. which meant what? We didn't eat just the meat, but we even used the bones mm -hmm. because what is in bone? It's called bone marrow. Mm -hmm. What is in bone marrow? Bone broth, right? I mean, you cook a bone, it produces a protein called bone marrow, which has collagen and protein available, which is huge. Bone marrow has become more of a catchy, kind of a catchy nutritional option over the last, I would say, five years, bone, bone marrow and bone broth mm -hmm. has been huge uh, in conjunction with the whole keto. And what I'm going to introduce this conversation to now is what you kind of brought up back to our ancestries was intermittent fasting. Like we weren't eating three, four, five, six times a day. Right. Like we were hunter-gatherers. We couldn't. Right. We just couldn't. And, and it was just a process of understanding that you either grew something or you killed something, right? I mean, there was no, there was no process of, of carbohydrates or processed food happening back then. So the human anatomy was built to survive in an intermittent, intermittent fasted state. What does that mean? That means fasting for, you know, let's say 10, 12, 14, 16, 24, two days, three days. I don't know, whatever. Everybody was different, you know, as how they went, but they survived because you have, Christian, you said it earlier, fat on our bodies is stored energy. That's ultimately what it is. As long as we have water, we're going to survive. What happens on those shoes, the, the shoes, the shows like, Back in the early days, Survivor, mm -hmm. did those people gain weight? No. Every single one of them walked out of there freaking lean because they weren't eating processed foods. Yeah. Like living on an island was no, there's no processed foods. They had to literally survive off stored energy and survive off water and what little foods that they were given. The show Naked and Afraid, same concept. Right. Like there's, they're not coming out of there gaining weight. 
but they are surviving because they have water and they have stored energy and they have the little bit of food that they're given. Um, so it's human anatomy. It's human. It's the way we were designed to function and how we thrive in those states. So well, I know we can go down this. I mean, physiologically, with the hormones, the endocrine system, we've got so many different things like glucagon and um, just all these different types of hormones that are out there that help to either develop um, develop a little bit more energy for us at that time or to store it. So we're constantly processing, and our body is a lot smarter than we are in thinking about this thing. So if something is low, then a hormone will come in and change that environment. And so, um, you know, I think that we as a, as a populace, uh, we, our hormone levels are all over in flux every day because we're chasing a carbohydrate high and then we're bottoming out and we're going up and down, up and down. And um, what do you think about the hormone chase? Well, that's exactly why intermittent fasting is huge. That's why I started intermittent fasting four years ago. And I'm, I'm, I'm very glad that you brought this up because that is specifically why at 40 years old, 41 years old at the time, I was looking at intermittent fasting and also looking at a ketone supplement. And, and that in itself gave me the ability to really learn, get educated, to have an experience because as an aging male, one of the things that we're always fighting is low testosterone. As we age, we start to lose testosterone. Um, and as we age, the, the metabolically, our body starts shifting and changing. So the other thing that we're also looking at from a hormonal standpoint is our growth hormone, you know, HGH, human growth hormone. Right. Um, why do people go get B12 shots for energy? Why do people go get HGH shots? for energy and for fat burning, okay? Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the terminology, or let's talk about the science and the research around HGH, uh, testosterone, uh, insulin, and all these things. Because when insulin is present, when is insulin present? When you've eaten a large amount of carbohydrates and you've spiked your glucose, that the human anatomy has this ability to come in, throw in this, this hormone called insulin, and it does what? lowers the blood glucose right right it's also a transporter of glucose into the cells so or into the liver if it can't be used as energy at that moment then guess what it gets turned into triglycerides which then gets processed into a fatty state so we can That's store right. that energy so yes yeah getting back on it right but that's i mean that's it that's exactly right because if we're eating too many carbs that in, insulin has to come in and lower that then turns it into fat, right? Through all that process. Right. What is at zero if we have insulin present? It's called HGH is at zero. HGH is known as our fat burning hormone, human growth hormone. If insulin is present, HGH is zero. If insulin is zero, guess where HGH is? Up. Mm -hmm. Intermittent fasting has been shown in science and research that if you can fast for 18 to 20 hours, uh, and this is just from a male perspective, but it also shows dramatic results in females as well, but males show an 18 to 20 hour fast, show a, a hormone response spike of a hundred to two, I'm sorry, a 200 to 400% increase in their testosterone. Oh, wow. 
that's amazing. That, like, is. that right there caught my attention. Yeah. If I can naturally increase my testosterone as an aging male, just by not eating for 18 to 20 hours. Now, is that easy? No, it's not, which takes me to another conversation that we'll get into in a minute. But it also, here's the really big number that threw me for like, is this really real? It takes your HGH and spikes it to a thousand to 2000% increase. If you can fast for 18 to 20 hours, you can increase your HGH hormone by a thousand to 2000% at 18 to 20 hours. Wow. So you want to be a fat burner? Yeah, like you want to have crazy fat burning? Go fast for 18 to 20 hours. Now, that sounds great and all that you can go sleep eight hours. Now you've got another 10 <laughs> hours that you need to be awake and not eating. That's usually hard. I don't know about how many people have done it or tried it, but I have, and it's hard. It's just hard. Your body's low in blood sugar, right? It means it's low in glucose. So guess what you're getting? You're getting that body response is saying, mm, it's either time to eat or you're going to have to suffer through this metabolic shift to start metabolizing fat. And that usually doesn't happen in 24 hours. That usually takes another 36 hours of not eating for you to get into that metabolic shift because just that moment of us not feeling good, having a little kind of like hunger pains means we're like 50% there on burning glucose before it's empty the tank another 50%, which means you've got to go another 18 to 24 hours to metabolize all that out. Wow. Now, why is that? Here's, here's kind of the introduction of a whole new conversation is I got introduced to exogenous ketones. See, there's two different ketone makeups now. You have endogenous and exogenous, mm -hmm. E-N-D-E-X-O. E-N-D, endogenous ketones, are what you produce naturally by, go, by going into ketogenesis. E-X-O, exogenous, means they are external ingested ketones. Here's the cool part. Test your blood after having exogenous ketones. I can't tell you if you did it endogenously or you drank exogenous ketones because they test up bioidentical the same in your blood. So if something is testing as bioidentical that I didn't have to go suffer through and to completely deplete my blood sugars in order for my body to start metabolizing fat, do I still want to be a fat burner? Yes. But do I need to suffer through that process when I can ultimately put rocket fuel right into my body? Well, that's called working smarter instead of harder. Right. I'm all about that. <laughs> and, and so that's where let's go back to the conversation of why I did 2017 at my fourth bodybuilding show. I did it with exogenous ketones and intermittent fasting. And at 40, well, that was what, three years ago. So I was 42 when I competed. Guys, the experience was absolutely phenomenal. It changed everything about what I thought. I was going to experience and gave me a whole new perspective about what I didn't know. Honestly, I did not know how good our bodies could feel when it ran only on ketones. And I had a healthy relationship with carbs at the same time. And I was able to understand and metabolize and control how my body was shifting and adjusting 
by the workouts and the cardio and all the things I was doing to get ready for that show, I went into the show. I mean, it was the NPC Texas State Championships. Again, a fully tested show. I did it completely natural. Uh, I was in three different categories and I swept all three of the categories. And then I got brought back to the all around, all around and I won the all around. Wow. wow, that's amazing. That is amazing. So, I mean, here's the biggest takeaway I can, I can give you guys is my muscles never lost strength. My muscle belly always felt full. I mean, you want to talk about a pump in the gym. I always had a pump in the gym. I mean, that alone for me was mind-blowing, that I could go do a set of biceps or chest or triceps or shoulders or legs or whatever and see veins and see a full muscle belly. And, and, and have strength through the entire process and never felt weak. And yet I cut carbs, but I was drinking, you know, exogenous ketones. And it just, it changed everything about what I knew and what I experienced to a whole new perspective, which then gave me the ability to then start sharing it with people around me to go, okay, guys, you got to try this. Like, you need to see what this is all about because it just blew me away. Like, it just changed my world. And that's where this conversation, again, goes to the fact that this is giving me the ability to help people understand how to have a healthy relationship with food and how to in, in introduce what I call intermittent fasting. Because now you're able to get to the end result of what science and research and hormonal balance and healthy relationship with food and all that means because of what we know and what we have available now that wasn't available just five years ago. So how do you incorporate all of that, the exogenous ketones, with your diet on a daily basis? You know, it's because of intermittent fasting. Um, I drink uh, exogenous ketones first thing when I wake up. So let's say 7 a.m., right? 7 to 8 a.m., wake up, drink some exogenous ketones. I mix it with water. It's just a packet you tear open. You mix it with water. It's like flavored water, to be honest with you. Um, and it's funny cause when I first started, I'm like, I don't really want to see if this works. I want to see, I want to test, I want to test my blood. Right. And of course they have keto pee strips that you can pee on a, on a stick. Right. Well, that's honestly not the best way to test. Although it, I knew I wasn't in ketogenesis. I just knew I wasn't because I hadn't cut out all my carbs and I drank it and went and peed on a stick 45 minutes later and it showed I was in ketosis. I like, it turned, it turned the stick purple. And I was like, that's crazy. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. like, I know I haven't cut out all my carbohydrates, but yet I just pee purple on this stick. <laughs> purple on a stick means I'm just getting rid, right? I'm getting rid of excess ketones, right? So I want to see what was in my blood and I want to see what my body was actually utilizing and metabolizing. So then I started doing a blood test. And remember, you need... 0.8 millimoles of ketones in your blood for your body to start utilizing and uptaking and it becoming the premier fuel source. I drank one packet of ketones, tested my blood 45 minutes later. I was 1.5 millimoles of ketones Whoa. in my blood in 45 minutes. That right there said everything to me. And I was like, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. Like that is, it, it's like, they're just, they're, you can't trick a blood test. Like you just can't, you can't trick a blood test. And the fact that it showed up bioidentical to exactly what my body wants to produce, tries to produce, and I don't have to suffer to get there because I keep my energy up here. 
while my body is depleting glucose and I'm going to go through that metabolic shift because I'm drinking exogenous ketones, I keep everything up here. My body metabolizes the glucose, gets into ketogenesis, and now guess what? I have endogenous production of ketones and I have exogenous ketones both working together now simultaneously. So, I, I, you know, the conversation for me has been really fun. It's exciting. Uh, the experience is, you know, the cool part is all four of my kids, you know, drink exogenous ketones. I mean, I've always said, if you're a walking, breathing human being, uh, there's no reason why you shouldn't be in ketosis now. Uh, having an experience and giving your body the ability to thrive, uh, whether it be human performance, whether it be cognitive health, whether it be uh, understanding how to develop a healthy relationship with food. Uh, our, world in, in our world in this day and time needs more help around understanding how to say no <laughs> to, yeah. to food and understanding how to let go of the emotional attachment and become more uh, what I would call driven towards it being a fuel source, as you said, Nikki, versus a crutch, mm -hmm. right? And, and that's where my passion and my drive has been over the last three and a half, four years, is to give people more education. Uh, because I always said, an educated person can make an educated decision. And then I invite people to have an experience because the experience for you will tell you everything about what this is and how it works for you. And, and that's where this conversation has been just a, a life-changing conversation, but it's something that I believe in because I live it every day. Mm -hmm. And again, I'm an example, right? I mean, I just am. I'm an example of what I preach and what I talk about and what I share. And, and that's ultimately what this is about. I'm never, you know, going to talk about something I don't have an experience with or that I haven't done enough education around. Right. Well, I think that, as a female, Shane, there was one thing that you brought up that I wanted to touch on real quick before we talk more about the exogenous ketones and how you take them properly. Um, but with this combined with intermittent fasting and the, the affect benefits on men versus women, for someone my age, I'm 27, about to be 28, I've had one baby, I want to have another baby. Um, do you think that going into this physiological state has a negative effect on eventually going back into being pregnant? No, not at all. Because here's again, you know, even for uh, a female that is, you know, of childbearing age and that is going through a lot of hormonal changes because of what childbearing does for you, one of the best things that you can do is give your body the best balance possible, right? What does that mean? Carbohydrates end up causing a lot of acidity, right? It causes a very high level of pH to happen in the body. And if I can get you to lower your carbohydrates, increase your testosterone, because the human anatomy is, is like a machine. It's a robot. It knows exactly what to do. And, and the best way I can give you an example of this is just because I'm I'm, I know it very well. I've studied it for a very long time. But if a male starts taking steroids, right? Steroids is artificial testosterone. If a male starts taking testosterone from an exogenous aspect, guess what happens to his own body? His own body starts shutting down its own testosterone production because it says, well, you have way more testosterone than you need. So there's no reason for us to be making testosterone. So we're going to shut off your testosterone personally. And we're just going to let you do your own thing 
and put as much in as you want. But then when you stop taking it, guess what? <laughs> You're in a world of hurt mm-hmm. because you ain't got no testosterone now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's the body knows. So why do I share that? Because if you're, if you're putting your body in a state that it's elevating testosterone for you naturally, what's it going to do? What, what do females need more of? Estrogen, right? So when testosterone and estrogen are working simultaneously as they do for both men and women, men have estrogen as well. Men have to have a small amount of estrogen right. for the human anatomy to start functioning and do what it's designed to do. The body has this perfect makeup of what it's trying to get to. And so as you increase your intermittent fasting stage and you increase your testosterone, your body increases estrogen as a female. With increased estrogen, your body also starts producing what we call serotonin and dopamine, right? Serotonin and dopamine are the two brain chemicals that are primarily functioning as what we call our feel-good hormones, right? Serotonin for women, dopamine for men. And those levels are very dependent upon how your testosterone and your estrogen levels are. Well, when you have good serotonin and good dopamine, guess what also happens? Your body starts producing melatonin. Melatonin is also used for what? Sleep, recovery, the regeneration of the human anatomy that you start to put it back into a state, it's going to feel better. And I say all this because then intermittent fasting has a whole new terminology called autophagy. Autophagy is a natural sloughing off of old to introduce the new, okay? Because our skin, believe it or not, replaces itself every seven years. So our body is always regenerating itself. But now if we don't give it good nutrition, if we don't give it a good fuel source, well, then it's going to suffer in that process. Mm -hmm. So... If I can get you into a natural state of autophagy, right, the sloughing off of old cells to introduce new cells, well, then now we're even increasing the ability for your human anatomy from an internal perspective to be thriving. And I am going to use this fact to just say that if you can fast, because oncologists and cancer doctors have been showing this now more readily available and jumping on the keto bandwagon, uh, because of intermittent fasting, if you can fast for three days, that's 72 hours. If you can fast for three days, your body actually completely replenishes its white blood cell count, like completely resets the white blood cell count. Hmm. What do white blood cells do for cancer patients? What is usually low, right? And then needs to be really high and strong going into, guess what? Chemotherapy, radiation right? Mm-hmm. So they're having patients fast for three days before they start chemotherapy and radiation. Because why? They know what a white blood cell count, a strong, healthy white blood cell count will do for those patients going into radiation and chemotherapy. Well, that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. I haven't even, I've never heard that fact, but I'm, I'm thankful that you shared it with us. Yeah. I mean, I've heard that also that glucose or not so much glucose but if we have a higher state of blood glucose levels that also increases our acidity which increases our risks for certain cancers as well as inflammatory byproducts that also set us up for all kinds of uh, dysfunctions autoimmune whatever it may be you know you've got all these different prescriptions out there for um, you've got this pain or that pain, but it's usually probably our relationship with our 
fuel source, right? Our food yeah. that's yeah. causing all these aches and pains that have accumulated because we've accumulated those toxins in our body. So right. we're going to be purging these toxins out and replenishing and doing that. Um, say that that word again one more time for me. Autophagy. Uh, <laughs> okay, I like that. That is that's a new word, and I appreciate that. That's something I'll have to go look it up. Um, <laughs> but it makes sense. Um, but so getting back to what Nikki was asking about getting started with, you know, what, being a, a female, wanting to get into intermittent fasting, but not freaking out your hormone levels. What does it look like time-wise? I mean, should somebody start with 10 hours and then work up to 12 hours? Or how do you usually, you know, introduce intermittent fasting to people that are not used to it? Uh, ultimately, I just tell people, I mean, just don't eat until you feel hungry. Yeah. And that's the best. That's honestly the best way to do it. I, I mean, think about it. We, a lot of Americans, a lot of people in this world start their morning, usually with not fuel. They start with a stimulant. What is our stimulant of choice in the morning? It's caffeine, coffee. coffee. That's right. Caffeine, coffee. So is that a fuel source? No, it's just a stimulant. That's all it is. A stimulant gets more, a stimulant wears off very quickly. Mm -hmm. um, and, and you can try to survive on a stimulant as long as you want, but it only has zero fuel properties to it. It is just what we call a stimulant, mm -hmm. right? That's why it is stimulating <laughs> right. the brain and stimulating you chemically uh, to make you feel like you have energy, but the energy is going to wear off very quickly and it's doing nothing from a health perspective to really keep you where you want to be. Um, so I always tell people you can drink, I, I drink black coffee, but now here's another way to look at it. Are you guys familiar with bulletproof coffee or fat coffee? Mm -hmm. Okay. So again, that all came about because of the terminology of, biohacking. It was introduced to help people intermittent fast longer. Hmm. Why? Because what are they doing? They're putting ghee butter, MCT oil, um, just high, high fat into their coffee. Now, what is ghee butter? What is MCT oil? Well, ghee butter is just a really high fat. That's all it is. It's just a, it's the most natural source of just healthy fat. MCT oil stands for medium chain triglyceride. Oh, the other one was coconut oil. That was the other one. They're putting coconut oil in their coffee as well. MCT oil is a derivative of coconut oil. It's actually the best part of coconut oil. Why? Because the medium chain triglyceride is the best healthy fat of coconut oil. And it's what, do we, what does the body do when it ingests fat? After you've been sleeping all night, you're somewhat fasted, you have a low blood sugar, and all of a sudden you drink coffee with high fat. The body recognizes it and goes, ooh, I can use that. Guess what the body does? It starts metabolizing it, utilizing it, and produces what? Ketones. What do ketones do? They actually give you a good fuel source to make you go what? Longer in the day without eating. Because what did we just do? We just gave you some healthy fat, 
we gave you a caloric value, but then we also gave you a pure energy fuel source that your body thrives on. So bulletproof coffee, fat coffee was designed to help people intermittent fasting to go longer into the day, to maybe even skip lunch and to try to get to dinner. That's what this is all about. So I'm not a big fat coffee guy. I don't personally drink fat in my coffee. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm a black coffee guy and it's one, maybe two cup and I'm not even, it's not even an everyday thing. Uh, but that's just me. I, I like to intermittent fast. What I do do is I drink my ketones first thing in the morning, which is what I would recommend for you, Nikki. And then let your body just kind of speak to you. I always say, look, you know you better than anybody else. I can tell you what I feel. I can tell you what I experienced. But your experience is going to be different than Christian's experience. Right. And so that's ultimately where you just have to kind of go, this is either working or it's not working, or I just need to play with it a little bit longer and just kind of, and it can all depend upon what you ate the night before too. Remember, I, if you ate something that's very high sugar or high carbohydrate, it can affect what the next morning and how long that fast is going to go. Right. And I think, and I, one thing I just want to say to the people that are listening is that Christian and I obviously are, are, we're not biased on this conversation. We are not actively involved in this at this moment, but Shane, you were kind enough to give us some samples preceding this so that we could kind of try them out and see how we felt. And I will say that uh, per your recommendation of drinking them first thing in the morning, I did that, what was it, five days in a row, mm -hmm. five days in a row. I, I wake up every morning about 5 a.m. So I have a little me time before I have to get my, my daughter up. And I felt in a way that I've never felt before because the first thing I do usually is drink coffee. And so I feel good for about an hour and then I start to crash. Mm -hmm. And on those days <laughs> when I'm having to play with my daughter in her room, like I would fall asleep on her floor. And when I was drinking the ketones on those days, I didn't have that. I felt energetic, like, when we drink, drink it on the same day, we were oh, like, yeah. what is happening to our yeah. body right now? Like, I feel like weird. <laughs> I almost, yeah, it was, it was, I was wondering if it was the caffeine that was in the product itself, because some of them come with caffeine and some are caffeine free. So I tried the next one, the caffeine free, and I still was like, I like that energy level a little bit better. It wasn't as amped up to me. I wasn't like, whoa, but I was like, you were saying, it's like rocket fuel. I mean, you're ready to go. You're on nitrous and um, it, it did give me clear thought. Um, I felt a little bit more calm. Now I want to talk to you about something. Now this may be TMI, but I'm going <laughs> to go down this path, but I don't know the way that this affected my intestinal tract. Um, I don't know if you ever have this said to you, but it was like, it stimulated me to have to go use the bathroom, evacuate. And it wasn't so much, I know it's a diuretic, but it was like, evacuate and you're, you know, but it wasn't, I don't know how to explain it. It wasn't the same thing as, is like. It wasn't your normal evacuation. It was not a laxative. Per right. it no. wasn't like that no. but it definitely i don't know if there was something maybe just the stimulation of the oxygenation that's in my blood that caused me to relax and be 
you know, maybe uh, some of my hormones were causing me to be in a more relaxed state. I don't know. But Nikki experienced the same thing. I don't want to talk too much about that with uh, you. Hey, I'm an open book, okay? Hey. <laughs> well, let me yeah, I mean, that is not normal for me at right. all. And it was perfect. That's exactly like, right. No, you're excited. Excited. You're, I was excited for her. <laughs> right. But that's, a, but that's a very, but that's exactly, I mean, I, I'll be honest with you guys, thank you for sharing that because that's just reality that women, 80% of women deal with constipation because of their body not either being hydrated enough or not having enough of the right hormonal balance and makeup in the body for that to be a natural process. I, I mean, guys, it's part of our anatomy. It's better out than in. I'm sorry, but once you eat, it's got to go out. It just you're gonna you're not sludging up the system, so you're getting your your metabolism just starts flying. Right. And that's one of the things that I do whenever I start meeting with a client. You know, once I felt out like, hey, we're we're starting to get a relationship where it's not weird for me to ask this question, but I'll go to that path and I'll say, hey, I know this may be random, but do you have at least one regular bowel movement? A day and they're like okay well we're going down that question <laughs> so, <laughs> but I, I a lot of them like you said 80% of the women that I talk to say no I really don't and that yeah. is concerning if you're especially if you're wanting to have weight loss because how are you gonna rid your body and get if the, if the machinery is slow well it's a byproduct it's a byproduct of what the body's not using so the last thing it needs to be doing is sitting inside of you just a fact. I mean, right. sorry, but if you eat something within 24 hours, it should be gone. <laughs> I mean, if there's any byproduct that the body cannot utilize, time to go. <laughs> and and if that's not happening on a regular basis, again, I, Christian, I'm the same way, man. I drink mine at 7 a.m. and we're spot on, dude. I mean, it's it it's it's. But that's like, yeah. I mean, if yeah. it doesn't happen, then I'm worried. I'm like, okay, what did I eat? What did I eat? <laughs> related to something that was not going to be clean it was not going to be you know that healthy for me mm -hmm. and i went and indulged in something and it just started messing up and junking up the system and i'm like mm -hmm. oh, there we go that's what it does that's what happens when you eat like that versus staying you know on a good regular clean you know meal plan so guys i think it's honestly it's a very real conversation and it, again ketones are a diuretic so your body is getting rid of excess water because that's what that's what ketones are designed to do that's what coffee is coffee is a diuretic now with all that being said we do have to make sure that we are replenishing electrolytes because electrolytes are important for our body to retain water and, and it is important for us to always stay hydrated. So again, this conversation also gives me the ability to help people understand about how much water you should be drinking. Like you should be drinking a lot of water. And people are like, I do drink a lot of water. I'm like, well, how much? Well, like six, I don't know, six glasses. I'm like, that's maybe 60 ounces. That's maybe 70 ounces, right? You should be having 100 plus ounces of water a day. Mm -hmm. At least, I do 120 if minimum. But right. that's me. But because water is the main ingredient in fat metabolism. If your body is not hydrated, if you do not have a sufficient amount of water in the body, then it's, it's, it's really honestly slowing down your system all the way around from internal movement aspect of like we, what we just discussed to the, you know, to our skin. 
right? I mean, our skin will show dehydration very much. And if you're not hydrated, then the largest organ in your body, your skin will show up. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's important for everybody to realize that a good electrolyte that I like to encourage people to go out and get is called pink Himalayan salt. If you're not using pink Himalayan salt, I encourage you to go buy some, uh, use it as needed. Uh, but sometimes, you know, people will get headaches, right? And it's usually not because they ate something bad. It's usually because they're dehydrated. That's really what happens a lot of times is headaches happen because of dehydration. So it's important for you to understand what water is doing for you, why we need it, what are electrolytes. And I don't say go get Gatorade because Gatorade is sugar, right? That is designed for athletes that are sweating, and it's designed to replenish a lot of the electrolytes in the glucose aspect for quick energy in a performance athlete that is in a high heat state, basically, is what it's about. Right. So I always like to use that example. Gatorade was developed in South Florida by in the Florida Gator area region because humidity is like 80 to 90%. Football players are sweating their butts off. They needed something that gave them electrolytes and gave them quick fuel like glucose in a performance realm like that. So when we talk about electrolytes, we're talking about pink Himalayan salt, not just a table salt. Find a sea salt, pink Himalayan salt, and use it as needed so that you're also using the water that your body's intaking as you go through the process. So on speaking on on the um, electrolytes one of the things that i noticed on the back of the package of the ketones that um we were taking is a higher level of sodium so um anywhere from 800 to 1200 milligrams which to somebody that that both of their parents have heart issues my dad passed away with heart issues um sodium i call it the that that's like the atomic bomb that people don't realize that they're ingesting. And you know, how do how do you look at that as not con overconsumption of sodium to where we start affecting and potentially setting ourselves up for atherosclerosis or something like that, higher blood pressure? Um, you know, is that something of concern with that particular ingredient in that formulation? No, because it's not sodium is not sodium, to be honest with you. <laughs> here's, here's one of the easiest ways to understand. Uh, the ketone salts have to be combined with a mineral, okay? Mm -hmm. And the mineral that is the most readily available to the human anatomy is sodium. So we bonded it to sodium, the ketone salt did. Mm -hmm. So when I say we, the University of South Florida with Dr. Dominic Diagostino, you're, I'm, I would encourage anybody that hears this name, Dr. Dom, is whatever we all call him, but it's Dominic Diagostino out of the University of South Florida, is a world-renowned keto expert. Well, the U.S. Department of Naval Research, DARPA, who oversees our Navy SEALs. The Navy SEALs are what I call the badass, right? Next to our Marines and everybody else, the Navy SEALs are the elite of the elite. They go in and they do the crazy stuff. And what was happening is that our Navy SEALs were using a rebreather apparatus underwater, okay, to keep them in stealth mode. Well, what the rebreather apparatus was doing was actually not, not actually, it was not giving the Navy SEALs enough oxygen 
as they were underwater to keep their body functioning as it should. And guess what would happen? They were going into seizures. Spray out. Oh. They were going into seizures underwater because of the lack of oxygen. So that can happen with our elite, you know, performers that are protecting our country. So the DARPA went and got with Dr. Dom and said, you're a keto expert. And we know that ketosis has been shown to show huge performance benefits on a neurological standpoint in the brain because John Hopkins Hospital back in 1931 put epileptic children on a ketogenic diet. What happened in that study? The epilepsy was cured almost a hundred percent by children that did a ketogenic diet. Okay. In 1931. Whoa. What does that mean? Epilepsy is a neurological disease. Epilepsy is a neurological issue. Mm-hmm. Ketones do what? Increase 30 to 40% blood flow to the brain and increase oxygen. So knowing that DARPA gives University of South Florida a grant to say, we need something, but our guys can't do a ketogenic diet, right? You can't put Navy SEALs on a ketogenic diet with the extreme conditions that they live in, but we need something that they can take. So is there any way to formulate an exogenous ketone? Boom. Millions of dollars later, studies, research, all that, gives it to the Navy SEALs, guess what? Increases their performance by 30%, seizures, gone. Guess what they do? They patent the product. Guess what we do? We buy the product. And now we're off and running. Because it is a no-brainer to go, if this can do this for elite Navy SEALs, the world needs it. The world needs to understand it. The world needs to understand it's more than a performance supplement. It's a nutritional health and wellness supplement that can change the makeup of everybody because of what we just talked about. And through this entire conversation, the number one thing that we start out life running on is ketones for this right here, the brain, right. all the way through adulthood. So speaking back to the brain, the thing is, is that our body will shunt away blood. It'll shunt away, um, in, uh, different chemicals and things that are necessary for our body and give it to the brain to keep brain health alive. And so when the brain's starting to break down, the whole body starts to break down because you've already, the body has already assumed that it's being, it's protecting that area. And so if you start feeling that going, then you've already slid down that, that wrong side. And so. Well, here, speaking, speaking specifically about the brain, did you guys know, did y'all know that there is now what we call type three diabetes? No, no. Tell me about it. So type three diabetes deals directly with this, that we would all call Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's is now called type three diabetes because Alzheimer's is the brain becoming insulin resistant. Hmm. See, type 2 diabetes used to be called adult-onset diabetes because we were only seeing adults developing a non-insulin response later on in life. Now we just call it type 2. 
Why do we call it just type two now? Because we have children, 10, 11, 12 year olds that are type two diabetics that have now developed a non-insulin response because of they've, lifestyle. Right, mm -hmm. they've basically over the machinery cannot keep up with the chemicals that are going in. So your pancreas gets to a point where it's overloaded. It can't produce enough insulin. It says, I'm done. I'm, I'm out I'm of done. here. That's right. And it, and it like closes up shop, says, I'm bankrupt. Yeah, and that's right. We're, we're done. And but, so, that's, but that's choices. That's lifestyle choices. That's parents feeding kids too many sugars, too many carbohydrates that the pancreas and, and shuts down the insulin because the body's just like, I'm done. I, I'm not. You have over insulin loaded us to the point that we're just, eek, we out. Mm -hmm. So now it's type two diabetes. It's not type two. Uh, it's not adult onset diabetes. It's type two diabetes. Type three, Alzheimer's, because the brain has now become insulin resistant. So that's another thing I want you to look up: type three diabetes. Right. And look at the research and the studies around that, because now you're seeing more of those people, people that are dealing with Alzheimer's, early onset of Alzheimer's, looking at keto, intermittent fasting exogenous ketones, all those kinds of things. Because what happens is when you're in a ketosis state, guess what happens? You become insulin sensitive, not insulin resistant. Mm -hmm. And you see the pancreas turn back on and you see the body becoming sensitive to insulin again, as opposed to being resistant. Because now if you're keto or intermittent fasting, your blood sugars are down here. Your inflammation is down here. Your glucose levels, I mean, your insulin response is down here. So now the body, when it needs a spike of insulin, it can take it. It's ready for it. It's now been regulated and it's now had enough energy come back in in the proper form that's now turning the hormonal structure back on. That's now responding to everything that it's, always say ketones create compliance. Think about that. Ketones create compliance. Compliance means things are functioning as they should, right? right. Everything is in order. See, in chaos and in inflammation and in resistance, things are out of whack. Something's not working. Things are not lining up. But compliance, things are working as they should. Everybody is doing what they need to be doing. Mm -hmm. Well, I am fascinated. I mean, just to say the first thing that comes to my mind, I think that this is a fascinating topic. I think that this is something that should be discussed more. Um, and I think that the buzzword of keto has put a bad taste in people's mouths. Like, I don't think that what you just explained to us over this hour and a half, Shane, like people either don't research or just don't attempt to even understand. Um, and they should, they definitely should. But before we kind of wrap this up, one thing I wanted to ask you was with all that you're doing, intermittent fasting, exogenous ketones, you know, riding your boat around, wakeboarding, what, what's your favorite meal? Oh gosh, see that's the thing. I was like, I don't have a favorite. I just love food. <laughs> food. I just love food in general. But I'd tell you grilled salmon, with some grilled veggies next to a grilled steak. It's like, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta throw my meat in there with my fish in there and have my grilled veggies. It's everything on the grill. It's like, 
<laughs> like it is so freaking tasty. Um, I just, it's like olive oil. I, did, I use olive oil and um, I kind of play around with my seasonings just because I like to change it up a little bit every now and then. I have like a jalapeno seasoning that I put on. Uh, I, I mix everything in olive oil, put a little jalapeno seasoning or an all seasoning or just a, kind of a sea salt sometimes. And I'm telling you guys, it's like between my steak, my ribeye. So I'm a ribeye guy. Between my ribeye and or my salmon, my Atlantic salmon, and they're just a mixture of veggies. I mean, from Brussels sprouts to asparagus to cauliflower to broccoli. Um, it's uh, I'm trying to think of all the different things that I've. I'll even cut up bacon, and and I'll, I've got a grill mat that I'll throw some bacon in there with it as well, mm. uh, just for flavoring purposes and that mm. kind of stuff. Um, that's it, me. I mean, but just. You know, I mean, and I probably intermittent fast four to five days. I got to get busy. Um, <laughs> I do. I do it about two or three times a week. Um, but yeah, I think that what you're you're eating sounds amazing. I think that. Do you ever like? I I think something that you had mentioned to me when we talked on the phone last time is that you had had your physical and that your doctors were just blown away with your chemistries and everything. So when you do like a, a urinalysis, are you, are you blowing off a lot of ketones? Like, are, do they see that in your, in your urine? Are they saying, well, you know, we're kind of concerned or, you know, like way to go. You look awesome. Like my triglycerides, oh, I mean, my cholesterol, my triglycerides, my everything is like perfect. And my doctor always goes, why are you here? Here, <laughs> I've got to do my checkup, right? I'm like, right. <laughs> you know, they're always like, "Why are you here?" And they're like, "Oh, we always know when you come in because everybody's like, oh, the fat guy's in." <laughs> but I'm like, I, it's just you know, I, I do what I do, but I, you know, again, it's a lifestyle for me, guys. And I always say, "Look, I'm gonna drink a beer, I'm gonna have some wine, I'm gonna eat a cookie, I'm gonna eat some ice cream, I'm gonna." just I am but it's it's so what I call everything in moderation right you can have anything you want in life it's about when you have it how much of it that you have um and and I think that's the most important thing that I love to share with people and educate people on I, I don't look like this because I started this 30 days ago you know this has been a lifestyle of mine uh Christian that you have seen you know you and I have been around each other going on 18 years and and you've seen what that has been part of uh, just becoming a parent and and what that has entailed and how the busyness of our schedule has been as trainers uh, that I don't live anymore thank God <laughs> uh, but it's just you know it, it it was a it was a crazy lifestyle that we continue to have to make choices every single day uh, but we want people to be educated we want them to have an experience and we want them to find what ultimately works for them. Uh, for the longevity of life. Man, I have learned so much from you today and I really appreciate like just walking down all those different paths that we went down. Um, it was fun. I loved straining that, that educational brain of mine, learning some new topics, learning some new terms, type three diabetes. I'm going to go look that up. Um, you know, it's been a pleasure to, catch you and spend time with you and one of the reasons that we we do this each week is that we want to talk to experts or people that are well versed in a field 
that they are passionate about. And you seem extremely passionate about this. And it's, it's wonderful news. I think a lot of our viewers are going and are going to learn a lot from this and hopefully um, we'll see our nation get healthier and we start trending away from getting new type three. We don't need a type four diabetes. We don't need to add any more um, diseases out there because we're still having um, obesity being one of the biggest killers in, in our nation. And then all the collateral damage that happens on your way to obesity that you're getting too with all the other diseases that spin off from that. So um, your information is awesome. Uh, Shane, thank you so much for your time. Um, Nikki and I really appreciate yes, it. Yes, thank you so much. And for everyone who has tuned in, we will pop up Shane's Instagram handle one more time. If you guys want to ask him any questions, you're interested in the ketone product, you can reach out to him. Definitely give him a follow. His Instagram feed is fabulous. He has a lot of uh, fun things that he puts on there that are related to fitness and other things um, outside of that. So please take a look and we will see you guys on the next episode of VOD Talk with MazerFit. Thank you, Shane. Thanks. See you guys. So what are we doing? I say that I'm leaving And you call me up at half past four You say you're drunk and all alone Next thing you know you got my jeans back on the floor